Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pizza Punk. It's been a while since we've done an episode of Pizza Punk. I kind of miss it. I kind of miss it. Part of me is kind of like, yeah, scrap the Pizza Punk. You could just do, it should just be, you know, whatever. It's whoever is on tonight as a guest. But I just, I don't know. There's something about pizza. I ate pizza tonight for dinner, actually. Two forms of pizza. I, I don't know why. It just, it, I just decided to do two forms of pizza and that's that was my meal and i had way too much mozzarella cheese it just too much like you know you think that 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 mo- you can never have enough mozzarella cheese but that's not true like you it's it is possible to overdose on mozzarella cheese it's not pretty it's not pretty when it happens but i i really like all forms of cheese how are you all doing tonight um uh tonight's guest uh is an interesting fellow who is a musician, you know, and that's the other thing too. We've had filmmakers on pizza punk, but I think from now on when we do pizza punk, it's just going to be, it's a musician podcast. That's what it's all about. Like, even if we don't talk about music the whole time or even at all, I feel like it's like a, it's a musician interview show. And then I don't know, maybe we need something that's like, maybe we need cannoli corner for film (laughs) for filmmakers. Um, but tonight's guest, I, you know, I don't know him as a musician per se, even though he is a, a you know, uh, is one. Um, I'm like blown away by this dude's incredible uh, graphic design talent. The guy is just got really great aesthetic sensibilities that I just really enjoy. And he's put together a couple of really cool looking things that just really, I don't know, they just catch my eye. And as it turns out, he's got a band, too. And we're going to talk about that in a minute called The Ravagers. I hope I said that right. The Ravagers. It's easy to mispronounce that name. I feel like you have to really look at it. What is Ravagers? Ravagers. Not Ravage. Ravagers. Ravagers. Okay. Let's bring him out. His name is Alex Hagen. Alex, hello. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on Pizza hey. Punk. Hey, Pizza Punk, because pizza is so punk. Yeah. It's punk. That's actually oh, a yeah. song by a band called the Sneaky Pinks, who I believe were uh, not that they no they have a song called I'm So Punk. It's actually a great song. I'll send it to you. It's a great okay. track. But then I turned it into instead of I'm So Punk, it's Pizza Is So Punk. <laughs> it's punk. Um, welcome to the show, man. Uh, Freaking. I got to tell you, let's just do, let's just jump in with two feet. And I got to tell you. I listened to a bunch of your music because I really wanted to get a good sense of, of, of what uh, kind of music you guys play. And I got to say, I love it. I really dig it. Um, Okay. Now I hope I don't offend you with this, but here's what I, this is what I will came to mind when I was listening to your music. Oh, I got his eyeballs going to pop out of his head. Um, I hear, I hear a lot of dead boys in the best possible way. I hear a lot. I hear some Lords of the new church. I hear Stiv Bader's influence in your music and it's wonderful. It's refreshing. I feel like it's been missing from the Pantheon. So I I really enjoyed, I, I just went through Spotify and I just went down the, the rabbit hole and just listened to a bunch of stuff. Cool. Enjoyed myself. 
That's awesome. Yeah, he's definitely um, one of my influences and someone that I've looked up to, you know, from uh, an early age. So uh, even if it's intentional or not, it definitely, you know, it comes through sometimes when I'm writing a song or the way I deliver my vocal delivery. It, it's it's there. It's its own. You're doing your own thing. But like I, I, I hear the spirit of Stip Baders. I hear cool. the uh, what's up, Jody Ramone? Yeah. How are you? He says that how the gods kill poster behind you is cool. Oh yeah, this one. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's a promo that, poster. You've heard of that band called Danzig? <sighs> yeah, I'm familiar. They like those guys. <laughs> they're all right. They're cool. yeah, they're okay. <laughs> they're okay. Wait, before we go, we'll, we'll talk about that later. So your music, though, yeah, it's got it, it really does have. It I really has that kind of vibe to it though, and I really enjoyed it. The uh, the songs are like earworms. Every song cool. has some kind of earworm in the hook. There's like a hook. There's a chorus or something. There's a lot of. I feel the you know I saw in your thing your bio. You the uh, I saw Alice Cooper was mentioned. I feel yeah. the Alice Cooper energy, but it cool. definitely leans more towards like I don't know like Stip Vader's and the Dead Boys for me when I was listening. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, um, I think when we formed 10 years ago, we were all very into like early 1977 New York City punk bands, all the bands that played at CBGBs. Yeah. Most notably the Ramones, Heartbreakers, Dead Boys. We liked that attitude and we tried to bring that across the best we could in the modern age. You know what? It... Okay, so some of like, for instance, like there is in literally in the title of the seminal album, Younger, Louder, Snot, uh, Young, Loud and Snotty. I'm thinking of the variation. There's also a there's another mix called Younger, Louder, Snottier. And it's like a dirty yeah. mix down tape that is far uh -huh. superior to the studio polished album. But oh, yeah, is, you know what I'm talking about? It's yeah, I have it on record. Yeah, oh, it's just. Younger, louder, snottier was how I heard the Dead Boys, and cool. when I think about that word, like how it relates to, you know, punk rock energy, like the idea of like it being a little snotty, I get yeah. a little bit of that energy via that Dead Boys through your music in a good way, oh, cool. in a really good way. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's there. It's there. I love those bands too, man. Heartbreakers, all that stuff. Just. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Iggy, a little bit of uh, definitely Ramones. Love the love totally. some Ramones. Yeah. Um, you know, just all, all the staples, all the greats and stuff. Um, why the Ravagers? Well, uh, I was looking at a bunch of old movie posters and I saw a movie called Ravagers and I thought it would be a cool band name and the movie poster looked like it looked like one of those post-apocalyptic uh 70s horror movies like uh dark future um dystopian style movies kind of like the warriors or something and that was the vibe that i thought fit with the music too that i was trying to go you know write and put together i want to see like a musical of your music like i want to see a rock and roll movie like not like a musical musical not like show tunes but like i would love that i would love to do like yeah. a music video 
for every song on our record that all goes with a story. You know what I mean? Just like a whole. Yeah, that's a musical, like literally. That. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all you got to do, all you got to do is you got to either either write write out a concept, you write songs within a concept, and then yep. you just need to stitch together, you know, the connective tissue or find a, find a story. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I listen to records and yeah. I sort of make up a story. Like, I know this is going to sound really fucking batshit crazy, but like. When I was much, much younger, I used to listen to the first side of the White Album, and I had a whole fucking story all the way up to, like, I think Martha, my dear, like, just all the way through. It was about a dude who came back from fighting in a war, and then he has to go back to war. And, like, I had, I could, like, see the whole thing in my head just from listening to it. And so it's like, I feel like if you, if you, like, think hard enough, you could take any yeah. piece of music or any, like, you know, thing and try and find some sort of cohesion between the songs. You can absolutely. And right? even if it's not intentional, like if you're writing a record and you have the track listing when you're finished and you look at all the tracks and you're trying to figure out which order to put them in, you know what I mean? Sometimes it, it makes sense based on the name of each song and it can kind of, they, they come together seamlessly like sure. that and you can kind of make up your own concept of what the whole record's about after you're done writing it even if it's not intentionally what you set out to do in the first place right i mean that's yeah. literally how sergeant pepper came to be it was like they weren't intending to do i mean they started sorry they started off with a concept that they ended up abandoning and even though they abandoned yeah. the concept it still was a concept record because they just sort of the concept is we don't want to be the Beatles anymore. We're going to be this other band. And then all yeah. these songs are like what that other band would be. And that's that. In fact, there you go. There's your first concept record. And then you got stuff like Tommy by the who, which is great because it's like all the songs feel really like, like compartmentalized, like Christmas, which is a yeah. great fucking track. And yeah. it's like, it's a part of the story and it keeps like returning to these like overtures and themes, but then like, it talks about these like different elements of the story. So it's like storytelling. It's storytelling through song. Yeah. And totally. it's fucking, it's fucking beautiful, man. El Dorado by ELO yeah. is like that. Oh um, yeah. My favorite. And I've talked about it on this channel. I don't, are you a Lou Reed fan? Um, I like Lou Reed, but I haven't really gotten too heavy into him. You know, I haven't studied him, but. Yeah, I like waiting for my man, and there's a lot of good songs that I love. Uh, Lou Reed is like an acquired taste. I always kind of viewed Lou Reed as like the punk rock Bob Dylan in a way. Yeah, yeah, right? I can see that. And oh, yeah. um, yeah, and he's like he's definitely an acquired taste, but he does concept records. Like for instance, he did a whole concept, a double album about Edgar Allan Poe, The Raven. And it's fucking, he's got David Bowie on there singing Hop Frog. He got Steve Buscemi. He's got nice. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, it's yeah. great. A lot of it's spoken cool. word. It's really, really rad. Highly recommend that. But this is the one I was going to, this is what I was going to say to you. Even if you're not a fan of Lou Reed, yeah, you must, if you ever really are serious, if you really do decide to do something with that. And like I said, I really mm -hmm. believe your music has, it has that like earworm anthemic quality mm -hmm. to it that, would really lend to a concept record. You must listen 
to Berlin by Lou Reed. Okay. Um, but do it when you're in a really good mood. All right, I will. Because if you don't, you're <laughs> I feel really... I think I've already listened to it, but I just I you know I can't can't remember. So give yeah. it a listen again. It is it's All a right. very very sad story, but it's like it's like a it's a phenomenal example of storytelling through story. He's he's so economical with his lyrics. Like yeah. he gives you he's the, the phrases that he chooses, the choices in words that he chooses to use uh-huh. sort of informs so much. And I like the last time I really went down a rabbit hole with Berlin, because like I said, I cannot listen to that at any old time or else like the rest of the day will be ruined. I'll just be like, like, Ugh. <laughs> like it's, it's really, really, it's da- oh, it's a downer, man. It is a yeah. downer. The story is just gut wrenchingly sad. Um, but, but, and there's like a, there's like a reality to the story too. It's like, it's not some fantastical concept. It's about a, a guy and a girl in post-war Berlin in after world war two. And that's, yeah, it's like really like simple. And that's what makes it so sad. Cause it's like real, it's like real shit. And, um, yeah, it's just the way that he's he's basically he's basically unraveling this relationship through just super economical wordplay in the lyrics and mm, like i just i can't get enough of berlin uh check it out that's all (laughs) just check it out right i will i'll check it out tomorrow do it do it let me know when you've listened to it i will um do you now i saw on your i saw one thing i saw in in the bio in the bio thing i noticed that a label that put out um i don't know if it's your label or if it was a different label put out a uh one of your records was called rock and rule records yeah rock and rule records okay is that yeah sorry go ahead they were based out of portland oregon and if you're familiar with pork magazine the artist sean aberg he uh he was a cartoonist he still is um, but pork magazine isn't around anymore, but he right. would draw on the style of, uh, Ed Roth and those kind of like weirdo 1960s, uh, rat fink looking characters with eyeballs popping out and tongues hanging out and stuff like that. And he based the whole, uh, like punk zine around that style. And, uh, I guess he liked our band back in 2015 cause he wanted to release our second EP and, uh, it was cool, so it came out on Rock and Roll Records, and I think we were the only release that was put wow. out on Rock and Roll Records. Hi, Aaron. How are you? How are you, fellow human, Aaron? Um, What's up, Aaron? Yeah, but the, what stuck out to me, or what made me raise an eyebrow, is there one of my favorite movies is called Rock and Roll, which has the music of Lou Reed, Iggy Pop, yeah, cool. Cheap Trick. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Blondie are yeah. all part of the soundtrack, and it's the only animated film. It's an adult animated rock and roll musical about post-apocalyptic mice, uh, in a place called Nuke York, an hometown, and cool. It's the only animated film from Nirvana. You know the uh, Canadian animated uh company they did all the i don't know they did like the smurfs and shit i think oh like, no way you know? yeah so they made an adult rock and roll film 
kind of reminiscent of heavy cool. metal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I was like, that has to be connected to rock and roll because, yeah, it has to be. Honestly, that seems like something that especially right that he's from. keyed into that. Yeah. So I'd imagine, um, yeah. that's another big recommendation, especially if you like. I mean, sounds like you you're down with like comics and animation and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, are you a Bertie Wrightson fan at all? No, not really. Oh, you got to check him out, man. He okay. did. He did like all this stuff is like black and white, like pen and ink work. He did a lot of work for like creepy magazine. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've read creepy magazine. I'm sure you've, all you've definitely come across comics. Sure. Sure. You, you've had to have come across like some Bernie Wrights and stuff. You didn't even realize it. I'm sure, but like, yeah, I'm you sure. definitely saw it and you'd be yeah. like, Oh yeah, that thing. I know that thing like that. He, he did. Um, he did an adaptation of Frankenstein just, gorgeous gorgeous stuff i gotta pull him cool. up now because i now that we're talking about him, let me see if i can get him up here on the on the screen real quick he passed away not too long ago but creepy magazine put out a collection or somebody put out all of his stuff from creepy magazine here you go nice so he did he did stuff like like that like this Oh man, I see that. Is yeah, that a lot. Thing? Very busy. It looks like Swamp Thing, right? Oh yeah, that is Swamp Thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he did Swamp Thing yeah. too. That's right. He oh, did cool. do Swamp Thing. But this is Frank. He did Frankenstein, and uh, gotcha. yeah, he's just. I, I mean, his style. I'm a big fan of black and white. I, I just really like it. And yeah, this is what I have. This yep. is the book. Book by him. Oh, you can't see it. Uh, and he passed away sadly, but he was man. The dude was phenomenal there's something really you know again much like in the way that the ramones what makes the ramones so brilliant is the simplicity you know to an extent right exactly. yeah right yeah so i feel like bernie wrightson um kind of embodies that because and really like frank miller these guys they're not they're just working with black and white yeah. you know and, and if it works, if it works in black and white, then it's going to work in color. But it's sure. like, if it doesn't work the op the other way around, you know, if it, it looks bad in black and white and you try to think it's going to mm -hmm. make the piece better by adding color, it's just not, you know, for sure. Polishing a turd, dude. It's like po <laughs> like that. Yes. Yeah, like polishing a turd. <laughs> um, so you've opened up for some pretty, pretty awesome artists and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's been cool. That's been pretty cool. It's how you opened up for fear and uh, oh, yeah. who else did you open up for uh, the damned? Oh yeah. Tell me about, did you meet the damned? Um, I met captain sensible and he was cool. I, I honestly didn't want to bother him that bad. And I just, I respect those people. I don't want to like step on their toes and ask them for autographs and stuff. But um, I did meet Lee Ving and I noticed that he was on one of your podcasts and uh, he rules. He is yeah. so cool and easy to talk to, and he'll tell you stories all night long. He he was a really nice guy. Really, yeah, big honor to have him on the show for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, Especially uh, at his age, and he's still doing it and just God enjoying bless. every second of it. You know, he still got that voice, man. He's still oh, got yeah. that that powerful, you know, deep, gravelly, <clears throat> leaving growl. Mm -hmm. What did he for? What did he for? You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, and he's like, uh, he's a triple threat because he's an actor too. He was in like, did you ever see that movie, Dudes, with 
Penelope Spears. I have seen dudes. Yeah, he's the bad guy. Yeah, bad guy. Crazy. And Flea is in it too. Yeah, Flashdance. Yeah, right. Of course, Flashdance. I mean, it's yeah. just so surreal because you're like, that's Lee Ving from Fear. Like, what is he doing? Clue. Yeah. I've obviously Clue. Clue. The one I just watched knows. Clue. I had never seen it, but I knew Lee Ving was in it, so I was like, I gotta watch Clue. What were your thoughts? And... What were your thoughts when you watched it? No, it was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. It was cool. Yeah, I wish I had seen it earlier, like when I was a kid or something. I feel like I should have. Yeah, know, that's. But... I feel like that's a staple of like TBS in the nineties. Yeah, you know, like or the game playing the game as a kid. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, the game was. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but I was. I. I think I always enjoyed the movie more than watching them playing the game itself. I don't know. That was just me personally. Yeah. But you know, I mean, those pieces were pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh Aaron says, I got a weird idea. I'm going to make my fellow co-worker wear the ultimate warrior face paint. That was very random. <laughs> very random, but welcomed. Okay. Whatever you want to do. Cool. Um, I forgot to mention we're doing a t-shirt giveaway contest here at the channel. And basically, if you answer Alex um has un unknowingly volunteered to think up a trivia question that we're going to ask at the end of the show. Yeah. And if you get it, if you get the answer correct, first person that, well, let me let, let me let uh, the video do the talking because I'm just going to, I'll probably give a 15 minute dissertation. If I am here, this is a more concise version. I'm going to be doing a live show every single day. I'm going to be giving away a t-shirt. At the end of every episode, I will ask my trivia question. You will send your answer to fromismail at gmail.com, and the first person to answer correctly will be the winner. You give me your name, your address, and your t-shirt size. If you are outside of the continental United States, you will have to cover shipping and handling. Join us night after night where I will be doing t-shirt giveaways who doesn't like a free t-shirt i'm not gonna go easy on any of you i'm gonna ask really hard questions so be prepared all right everybody knows what the the rules are and later in the episode we will we will take care of that we will make that happen um in the meantime because this is an episode of pizza punk and we've only ever once it only ever happened once when we missed this we we missed the question because Gosh darn it, I just forgot. Uh, but I asked my guest every every episode, um, is pizza punk why or why not? And I love hearing all of the very subjective answers. And I want to hear what Alex, want to get Alex's opinion. One day I'm going to do a super cut of all of them put together. That'll be interesting. So what is your answer, sir? So I think uh, um, I would say the simplicity of a good piece of pizza could be compared to a great punk song because you only need three things and most of the time less is more so you got crust which could be uh, the backbone of your band rhythm section or a uh, <clears throat> the drums and bass then you got sauce which is could be a guitar and cheese is the singer or the hook of the hook in the song and if all that's done right it's a delicious thing i love that i love 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 that that is a thank you 
excellent breakdown dissertation of, <laughs> of why pizza is in fact punk. I do agree. I do believe that pizza is punk. And yeah, it is. But there's another thing, you know, I think I think too many people like pizza for it to be punk. Oh. So it kind of fits in this weird world, you know what I mean? Where it like it it works with the like, you know, the rules of the basic rules of fine art, which to me is punk and, uh, you know, mass commercialism. It's kind of like after your favorite punk band, like gets known by everybody, like everybody finds out about it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but does that make them not punk anymore? I don't know. I, th I, I don't think so. Um, no I think, thing. You know, I, I think that what happens is more more than anything else, you it's this is this was my secret thing that very few people knew about that makes me feel like a unique person. And yes. therefore is like it like boosts my self-esteem because I feel a sense of uniqueness for knowing about this thing and then seeing people who, uh, you know, and that's a problem with a lot of. I feel like that's the problem with a lot of music. Like no matter what, whether you like music, no matter what kind of music you like or dislike, I think that I think that it always can get intensified by what kind of fans that music has. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like mm -hmm. if a band has really cringy, has a really cringy fan base, it's gonna make the band it's gonna make you more embarrassed to like say, Yeah, I enjoy listening to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I've thought about the kind of people that would like my band, and I try to be careful. It, mm. <laughs> like, who do I want this song to be for? You know <laughs> what I mean? What kind of song am I writing? I know it's from myself, but you have to keep the audience in in perspective while it's you know when you're working on something like that. Do you um how how does it usually begin when you start doing that? Like, what is your what's your like? modus operandi do you does it start with a lyric does it start with a riff well um normally i try to come up with like a hook and a melody like a, something really basic on a guitar just like a, a cool transition that i like and it grows around that um or it can be written over a hook you know if so, if uh or a riff i mean if our guitar player comes to me with like a cool guitar part and he gives it to me Sometimes I can freestyle something over top of it and it'll come out completely different than if I tried to play it myself and sing on top. You know what I mean? So it, and then that creates something cool. And if it's cool and worth keeping, then I'll try to work on it more and put, you know, some verses around it. If it's a chorus or, you know, yeah. whatever. That's rad. That works. I, man, I wish I could do that sort of stuff. I just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to, you know, uh, express yourself in, in that kind of, in that kind of way. Uh, the snoot, the snooch hacks up a lung. Feel better, Alex. The snooch says, I looked them up after I saw the notification and I dig them. There you Thank go. Thank you, snooch. <laughs> All hail the snooch. I think I'm dying. <laughs> oh shit we're live on the show oh it's gonna turn to, you okay what happened <laughs> wrong 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 tube okay. wrong tube 
I think I got no. I think I got uh, COVID. I was at a festival in Pittsburgh called Skull Fest, which was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were saying you were not feeling. You're feeling a little rugged. <laughs> I was yesterday, and I was hoping it would go away, and it hasn't. Oh, <laughs> like I'm sorry. <laughs> thanks for thanks for rising to the occasion, and uh, hell I yeah, dude. Anytime. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, this. Um, yeah, that's that's when that stuff happens. That's no fun. But Skull Fest, my God. <laughs> oh look this yes. thing that you're like the bad nerves you know who the, you know bad nerves yes i love them i watched the um the episode you just oh you did up. okay yeah. yeah so first of all they're coming to america it's happening oh that's a, oh great when uh in the fall in october they're playing they're gonna play they're gonna be playing the east coast i know they're coming to new york i don't know if they're coming oh, down man, i would love but... to play with them Oh, I well, play with I, so I think they're the opening slot on this tour. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but I they're playing two nights in New York City. And I'm like, I cannot wait to see these guys live. I'm going to go see them. Yeah. If they're not in Baltimore, D.C., I'll go see them in New York. You hit me up. You let me know. I will. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. Um. Yeah, I love that band so much. I just they friggin' I, I just I just jive with what with their sound. I think they're great. I'm glad they're coming to America. <coughs> yeah, they rule. They really do. Best record of the last year. Wow, you think so? I listen, I'm right <laughs> yeah. there with you. I'm right there with you, dude. I'm right there with you. I, I, I really am just just absolutely blown away by those guys and, and what they're doing. And I really do. Um, oh, they're opening for the darkness. Oh, that's in, awesome! Yeah, that's they're great. Mm -hmm. I, I really, I'm really stoked. I'm really stoked for those guys. They like, they have such an eclectic taste in music too, which I just fucking love. Like, uh -huh. I just, I love that those dudes like are just down with like a lot of different shit. What are my thoughts on? What are our thoughts on Mean Jeans from Portland? I love Mean Jeans. Uh, Alex, do. do you know? Do you know Mean Jeans? Well, yeah, I do. Uh, one of the dudes used to live in Baltimore. And, oh uh, really? He moved out to Portland, started Mean Jeans. I did not know that. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> All those bands that that West Coast, like garage, <laughs> garage rock, garage punk. I mean, the you know, the, obviously they they took a big hit after the uh, the burger f fiasco, <laughs> but a lot of that stuff is just <laughs> really really great. Oh yeah, Bob. Do Rose. you remember? Um, you should know this band, Personal and the Pizzas. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, I, I asked, I asked fucking Drew. I was like, I was like, Drew, I need you to come on Pizza Punk. And he's like, I invented Pizza Punk. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I love fucking personal. $7.99 for love. Yeah. Pepperoni oh, eyes. Pepperoni uh, eyes. Yeah, great, great band. Really great band. They, they also Gino and the Goons. Mm -hmm. Shannon and the Clams. I love all that stuff. I just uh, <laughs> yeah. Bob Rose is here. Bob Rose is a is a local Baltimorean, and he says Ravagers. <laughs> he says Ra Ravagers are fucking great, except for the bass player Kurt. Don't trust that guy, and his weird sense of humor. <laughs> He's one hundred percent right. <laughs> he says, "Just kidding." Sadly, I love Kurt. Um, Bob and Kurt go way back. They know each other. I know this for That's a fact because cool. we found this out tonight so i think hi. i know bob i've seen some of his videos before he's very talented 
video guy. He's a very talented video guy. He's been yeah. on my channel many, many times. He's like my favorite podcast person to podcast with, but it's it's hard to get him on the air these days. But he's he's fantastic. He, he's a great linguist. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Teal Piper's from Portland. She's hot. I don't know who that is. Um, but I yeah, don't know why people think I live in Portland. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Bob says, what's up, Alex? Feel better, dude. Thanks, Bob. I'm struggling over here, but hopefully it'll, uh, I just need to, I've got a drop water and throat coat tea. I think I'm going to be okay. He's going to make it. He's going to make it. If not, at least it'll all be on this podcast. My last moments on earth. This could very well devolve into a snuff stream. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know, that's a sticky situation. And you know what else is sticky? Riot Stickers. Riot Stickers is the sponsor of the Promise channel. And if you need stickers, Riot Stickers has them. You can get a thousand stickers for $79. They are now the sponsor of the Genre Blast Film Festival, which I will be out at. Um, that's happening this Labor Day weekend. Uh, come one, come all. They print banners, they print t shirts. Uh, if you go down, link is in the description. Go to ridestickers.com backslash from us, F-R-U-M-E-S-S, and you can get that special deal, 1,000 stickers for $79. I mean, you just can't beat that price. Let's play the Less Than Jake theme song, and we'll be right back with Alex as he chokes down his cough drop. Damn, that got me pumped to skate, dude. Yeah, dude. That's the the dude from Less Than Jake singing that song. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the Less Than Jake guy. I don't know which one, but uh, that's him. Um, Who's the dude skateboarding? That's what I want to know. I don't know. He's tearing it up. Uh, Yeah, he really is. He's just, he's crushing it. Um, I want to highlight what the reason, the, the way that you came under my radar was you did this incredible poster of the misfits um yeah and i mean it's just i'm I'm gonna show it here real quick because it's just i I just want to talk about this for a second i wanted to make sure i touched on this because i just i really do i think you are so incredibly talented um in regards to your graphic design you really are i mean this is just tremendous um alex alex designed this and what's well uh, you know what instead of me talking why don't we let alex explain what this is and what his his aim was artistically when he made this incredible piece of work go ahead um okay well i remember jeff talking about this show that happened with screaming jay hawkins and the (laughs) misfits 
at Irving Plaza, which happened to be Doyle's first show on guitar back in 1980. And uh, I was like, no way, that sounds crazy. I, is there a flyer for it? And I looked up on the internet and I saw the most sorriest, lame, like <laughs> photocopied handbill for this show. And I was like, man, that's lame. I was, I was like, this this show needs a better poster. It needs something. It it really, you know, demands some better attention than this. So I sat down and I had some fun and whipped this bad boy up. It's it's a it's like a fucking masterpiece. And you know, <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that you had were listening to me and then that led you to th- that's that makes this even I was better. Yep. Amazing. That's amazing. So what yeah. I love, what I love about the poster, though, is that it really does sort of like, I mean, it really, I don't know, it's like not not tells a story, but it like just sort of, I can't describe it. It just, it just incorporates all these elements. Like that's from horror business, the back of horror business, and uh, this picture of them is that from Walk Among Us? This photo. So that photo, it doesn't even exist. I Frankenstein it together from no. Like, yeah, from like all these different photos of just like their faces and stuff. Like, I think some of their legs are the same legs, and I just like just changed them just enough so it looks real, but it's it's completely a hundred percent original. No one ever took that photo. And, Amazing. Uh, I try not to use like their actual logo on it and stuff too. Sure, I'm not trying to like cross any copyright you know, mess up. Anything. Sure. Sure. And you did a great I don't want to see some assist. Yeah. Yeah. You did exactly. a great job of that. I really, truly. And, you know, uh, again, like it just, you know, who would have loved this? Like, honestly, I, I just want to clarify, even though I met him a bunch of times, and I interviewed him. I don't know him. I didn't know him. He was not my friend, but yeah. just someone who I followed and, you know, appreciated and listened to Howie Pyro of. Oh, yeah. Degeneration and um, the Blessed and Danzig, of awesome course. Awesome dude. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome dude. R.I.P. to the great Howie Pyro. Um, he would have loved this poster. He would have. He was probably at the show. He would have. Yeah. Gone ape shit over this. I think if had he seen it, maybe he did. Maybe you think he made this before he died. So I hope. I hope he would have seen it. I don't, I'm not sure if I made it before he died or or not but trying to remember I, no he died when did he die I'm trying to remember he, he it um i did make it before but i don't think i posted it on the internet it was 2020 no 2021 yeah says 2021 i just want to uh yeah. john john of doom from the band voice of doom is another uh incredibly talented besides being a front man and and you know I mean, Renaissance man. John's a Renaissance man in his own right. Uh, John is also a graphic artist and layout cool. person. And he says to you, I'd like to personally thank Alex for the awesome Monster Movie Club Irving Plaza print art. It's my favorite framed piece. And I have many. Awesome. You are super talented. I also bought the Ravagers CD. Cool. Thanks, John. And check that out John's band. John's band's called Voice of Doom. And he plays it's cool that name. It's a really cool name. And they used to, uh, London May was in a very early version of that band. Ah, the whole spider web of, of misfits and whatnot. Cool. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, I love the spider web. I love the two tone, the the magenta on the the like the light red, uh, the distressed look. It really does have a vintage feel to it. And I, I'm just a I'm a huge Screaming Jay Hawkins fan, and I just love yeah. how you how you didn't make it just about the misfits. You really like balanced everybody so nicely. You know, yeah. Um, I I was I took. I take a lot of inspiration from uh, the early Globe poster company from Baltimore. Mm. And uh, they used to make a lot of show posters in this style and uh, also like boxing match posters. Yeah, yeah. So that has that feel. Yeah, they were um, like letter pressed or screen printed. Screen I'm printed. not sure exactly how all Two-tone. of them were made. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of the um, letters were like wood blocks and they would line them out like that and uh, put them together. And uh, I've always loved those posters. And I feel like especially a show like this could have possibly had like a globe poster at the time made for it. But it didn't because they were cheap or whatever. You know. But that's like, again, that's like uh, uh, that's the type of. This is like when imagination crosses with history and, you know, um, like a, like a sense of it's like when imagination crosses with history and gives us something that like technically never existed, but should exist. And like, yeah, really like sort of archives this event in such a wonderful way. So, you know, yeah, it's just cool. rad. It's just rad. I That's never what I, I can't, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's what I set out to do with just like the the whole layout and everything. I tried to even like make sure it had the same phone number that was on the little flyer <laughs> at the top. Same amazing. everything. Amazing. Just amazing. In Maryland too. I just I discovered Marilyn while de- uh, designing that. I had never uh, heard of her before and I looked up her single. Uh, I'm not familiar. I've never sex, listened to her. Sex means nothing when you're dead. And oh, that's, that's what that is. Seven, yeah, that's one of her songs. Yeah. See, like, cool. and like Marilyn, who's some like obscure, mm-hmm. you know, obscure yeah. sort of chick who hung out the mud club or something back in the day. Right. And now she's memorialized on this. Now, funny side story. This is going to get really nerdy and stupid for a minute. But in relation to this poster, somebody posted this poster in a Misfits group. Not my uh, misfits uh, group, a different one. Yeah, yeah. And um, I forget what it was. And there was some mod in there. It was, it was whatever. It was the admin, and uh-huh. he was like really flustered by this poster, saying that it's not real and that the show never happened. <laughs> yeah. And I like you know I'm really not I tr- you know sometimes I can get caught up in like the internet know it all bullshit. Like it's it's just fucking stupid. It's all like. It's just really stupid shit, but I like, I just felt like the urge to just be like, you know, like actually, you know, with my, my yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, actually that was a real show. And he's like, no, it definitely wasn't. And I got, I got into a back and forth and then he booted me out of his, he, he kicked me out out of the group. Yeah, that I I mean I guess that's how <laughs> arguing with strangers online always ends up. They're they're never yeah. you can never convince them, you know. They just kind of get mad and block you. 
I was reminded when I just saw this poster just now, and I was like, <laughs> reminded. I remember that. I loved it. I, I, you had my back. Oh, you saw. You saw. Yeah, the oh, I saw it. I remember. Yeah. And I was like, what was this guy like? Yeah. Okay. It, it was one of microwave? the groups. It, it was just funny. And then, you know, it was even funnier. Um, I don't even know if I should be admitting us online because just sounds because I sound like a goofy, <laughs> a goofy guy talking about it. Um. I saw that he was in my group. Oh, did you? So what did you do? So initially I just out. left him. I just left him there. I didn't do. And then one day I was just in like a, a, a pissy mood. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I booted him. I was like, I see came across my screen. I was like, I was like, leave peasant. <laughs> I just oh, like, oh, gave him the boot, gave him the boot. He got it. He yeah. got, he got a taste of his own medicine. I and bet like, it felt great to do that. Oh, uh, it felt so great. One of the most meaningless, <laughs> one of the most meaningless, good feeling things that uh-huh. happens in those sort of situations. Um, so what is it that you like particularly? What do you like about the misfits that just like what is it about them that appeal to you personally as a musician or as just a fan? Uh, well, I like the hooks and the songs, and I like uh, I like Danzig's voice and how simple all those songs were, <clears throat> and effective yet effective. They didn't need a lot, and they didn't need keyboards and solos. A lot of the solos are so good, and they're only one note, and the artwork goes right with it too. And I think that's the, the best way to have a good band, an effective band. They they look like what they sound like, and they're artwork and their packaging looks like what they sound like and i think it all goes together and just captures that moment in in time when those guys were using you know photocopiers to do the layouts for their records and it just it looks so cool to me i love that photocopy i mean that was Mm pre-photoshop if you want to get that look you just made the same copy like a hundred times to get that distressed look you know i know i wish we could like like take Danzig's computer away from him and give him a Xerox machine for the <laughs> next record. You know what I mean? You know, that's what I wanted to say before. I forgot when we were when we were showing the poster, why didn't they fucking hire you to make their stuff? Cause I got to tell you, I have not been uh, happy with any of the stuff. It's not, doesn't look good. I would love to do that. I would, I would love to do that. So bad. They but, would uh, make so much money like working with you like people would just go gaga for their shit i mean they're already making a lot of money but like uh, their shit would look good yeah because i could make it look like that you know the, the yes. time and era that they represented more so than like the i think before their show at madison square garden i saw a poster and they were selling them it was like a jerry only meet and greet at a local record store and i went and i was like they want us to buy this poster for thirty dollars to get signed and it looks like it was uh looks like the image is 72 dpi and uh stretched Mm -hmm. out of proportion and and yeah pixelated and i was so upset about that because from a band that had such a cool uh artistic output with all of their stuff they they did i was like why are they blowing it with this you know what i mean this is just as important as the music and it means a lot to a lot of people. You know? Means a lot to a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a that's a shame when that sort of stuff happens. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna 
uh, turn the track on you real quick because we got a question from uh, cool. Snooch. Snooch says, Alex, what would you say your early influences on the first songs of Ravagers uh, compared to now? Uh, I would say the first EP was more, I, I've never tried to like pull from influences so much, but I've mostly just tried to write the best songs I could. So I feel like it's more of a progression of my songwriting now, like from where I was then, but it's still the same thing. I think I've maybe even the last record I've pulled more influences from stuff like ACDC and and feel more comfortable and confident with my song. So I don't have to have fast drum beats behind everything. You know what I mean? I can kind of slow things down and find different grooves and tempos. And uh, it, I, I guess that's how I would explain that question. So you see, you see, you say ACDC, which I mean, listen, your songs, you yeah. wrote it, you came up with it, but what, again, as, as me, like my POV hearing your band for the first time. Yeah. I heard Lords of the New Church. Well, that's hearing, awesome because I love yeah. Lords of the New Church and that's great. That means that's awesome. If yeah. you hear that, that's really cool to me. I, I do. I do. Not like, not, uh, not with everything, but I'm just, just like, I, you know, I, whenever I listen to anything, the way that I find, I like, I'm not, I'm not as good with adjectives and more good with like, yeah. Like this sounds like this to me, and that's how I can yeah. relate it to you. So yeah. that's typically how. Like I'll always be like, "Oh, this band," but if they're trying to write songs like this guy, but if they were, you know what I mean, like something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of an example recently where where that was the okay. There's a band. Okay, this is a really rad one, actually. Okay, there's a band who you need to check out. In fact, okay. you should frig seek them out next time. They're called the Whalen Storm. Whaling Storms? Yeah, the Whalen Storms. I'll I'll send it to you. I'll send you their their thing. I'll send it to you. You don't have to or if you oh, whatever, write it down too. But the Whalen Storms okay. sound like ready for this? If Kurt yeah. Cobain was trying to write sam haynes songs but oh, play cool. them like danzig oh that's awesome a little bit that's like the best like there's so much sam haynes shit going on in their music and what they do you are hear, fans what do you hear of uh, from them that sounds like sam hain like it's guitar? it's the drum it's no it's the drums the it's the it's the yeah the boom, boom the, yeah exactly the tribal the tribal drums stuff, yeah um it's the angular sort of like I, I'm trying to I'm like I'm thinking about the song called uh uh something ribcage heartfelt heartfelt heart okay shit let's just let's just put them on fuck it let's find a live video I'm gonna play this for you real quick cool. why not I mean why the fuck not well a lot of live shows going on tonight let me see if I can find this Wayland Storms I, I can't describe it to you I got a uh a ribcage Ribcage, what is it? Whalen Storms Ribcage Ribcage Fireplace. That's the name of the song. Ribcage oh, cool. Fireplace. Let me see if I can find a live version. Uh and if I can't, I'll just I'll just send you a thing. But oh, I don't think I can. I don't they don't have a live version. They might, but whatever. I'm not gonna sit here and try and find it. Uh, what does it sound? What what does it sound like? I mean, what makes me think it sounds like Sam Hain? It just has 
it, it just has that, that energy. It's yes, it's in the drums. It's in the, the sort of the way that they, uh, I, again, I don't have the language to, to verbally explain it. Like I can't, it's the way that they're playing the guitar. It's the way that they're playing the drums, the vocals, not even with the vocals, like the, the way that he's sort of doing something that it sounds like he was listening to November coming fire and gotcha. And like trying to write his own song in that kind of way. But the musicianship, what they're doing, it's like, you know, the thing about Sam Hain was there's a sense of urgency with Sam Hain in almost all their songs. Like yeah. there's no long drawn out Sam Hain songs. There's not. You have Archangel and you have Human Pony Girl. And neither one of those songs is about building. Right. Maybe the back end of Archangel, but not really. They just go on. Danzig's yeah. not like that. Danzig Danzig songs in general, but before before the band Danzig are all are relatively short songs. They're short, they're straight to the yeah, point. They're exactly. fast. Even a song like Macabre. Macabre yeah. is a very slow song, but it's the tempo is it's got an upbeat tempo despite uh -huh. being so sludgy. Yeah, he fills the space up with more stuff going on. Right. Rather than so Dan, like, like when Danzig came out, like there was more um, holes in the music, choppier guitars, slower grooves. He's like, look at like, like she rides is like a molasses. Yeah. It's molasses yeah. when you hear it on the record as opposed to when they play it live. But when you listen to Macabre, think about contrast. Here's a crazy juxtaposition. Now contrast Macabre with she rides and think about how both of those are kind of like slower songs. Uh -huh. But think about how fast macabre is in comparison. So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, it's going doom, 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 whatever. And th yeah. this song rib cage fireplace has kind of that vibe. But the point, my point being is that they're building, they build their songs, their songs, they don't just launch into the song. It's like they're doing a seance and they are slowly working the, the, the rhythms yeah. to this frenzy. And yeah. by the time you That's get to cool. the chorus, you're like, and yeah, the guy kind of sounds like he sounds a little bit like Kurt Cobain. And then sometimes there's even a little bit of like, I know this sounds crazy, but you know, there's a little bit of pixies in there. But pixies is one of my favorite bands. There's like, yeah. weird angular sort of pixies like like bizarre time signature stuff that's happening um it all works and it really is personified my opinion in this song called ribcage fireplace which to me like i said is if kurt cobain was trying to write sam hain songs but play them like danzig more uh or maybe he's Maybe he's splitting the difference, but that's what I mean when I say I'm trying to like, this is how I, how I can communicate what I think this band is. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It sounds you know? insane. I want to hear it. Yeah, you have to, it, you have to hear it. It's, it's pretty freaking. Now I really want to find a lot. Like there was a really good live version and I just can't friggin' find it. Um, let me see if I could find it real quick. Cause I really, I mean, it's really friggin' great, man. This is really bumming me out because I 
I really want to listen to it. <laughs> I just want to listen to it. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, uh, Waylon Storms, just one of those songs. And, you know, one of those bands. And it's like, again, just like with Bad Nerves, I just found them on Spotify randomly. See the oh, algorithm I, or something. It just yeah, the algorithm song. just served it up, man. Yeah, I think cool. this is the song. I think I just found the song. Hold on, let me see. Uh, is this the song? It's. I don't know if it's the song, but this definitely. All right, all right. Here, I'm gonna play this for you real quick because I think you will appreciate this a lot. I think anybody would appreciate this a lot. Okay. So this is a band called Look There's Us Live right there. <laughs> awesome. All right, hold on. All right, these are these guys and they're just like they're they are rad. Um All right, let me let me put, tell me if you can hear this. I can hear it. Yeah. Cool. I just had the. This is not the song I was just describing, but. It's cool. Sounds good. There's like, uh, they have this, like, they have this, this dark, this death rock energy to them. That's yeah, very. Yeah, the progressions. Sounds evil. I mean, listen to that. Listen to the drums. Listen to the guitars. I hear when I listen to that, I hear Sam Hain. And it's just yeah, they're so it's so hard to find bands that like can do Sam Hain shit. You know what I mean? So there know. is. You know, there's a band that I found out about uh, a couple years ago from Boston called Final gasp. Final grasp. Gasp. Final, Final gasp. gasp. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah, just yeah. put out a new record. Missed them when they came to town. Yeah, they're cool. I like that. They can they're doing it. They're doing it like that without it. They're being, doing you know, a Sam Hain thing. Corny. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's the key too. It's gotta if you're gonna do it, it can't be it can't be corny. Yeah, yeah. Nightbirds. That's another great band. Oh yeah, from Jersey. Love those guys. Do you know Brian Gorsinger collects Misfits seven inches and he's always got so many awesome records and he's posting photos of them. This oh. is the singer of Nightbirds, but that guy, that's pretty it's much what up, he does right? for a living. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they did, but uh, they had a pretty good short little career, put out a lot of good stuff, good material. Do you know? And there's a guy who used to play with them. Do you know a guy named Mike Hunchback? Yeah, I don't know him personally, but he started playing with them towards the end again. Yeah, uh, as a second guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also played for Screech and Weasel. Nice guy. Cool. He used to do, um, he used to do the uh, he used to do host host stuff at the Alamo Draft House. And, oh yeah. Uh, he did a he hosted Necromantic. Actually, it was really, yeah, it was really cool. It was a treat. And he had a real human skull with him too. Oh man! Yeah, uh, where did he, he get he got, it? Did he, he got a, did he steal it out of a grave? I mean, that's what I want to believe. <laughs> yeah, my hunchback, right? No, he yeah. uh, got it from a medical uh, like thing or something. I hope like so. 
like a medical science something or other. But what was cool yeah. about it was that like uh, he like, yeah, he like he, he, we, we took turns taking pictures with the skull. I was like, this is somebody's skull. Like, this is pretty, this is pretty yeah. crazy. Someone lived their life inside of that thing, you know? Yeah. And, you know, there is a guy. Um, I'm I, this is a story I'm pulling out of thin air. This is a true story. But when I say pulling it out of thin air, I can't, I don't. I don't have the source. I don't remember the source. I just, I remember just reading it somewhere. And basically this guy knew he was going to die or when he found out he was going to die and he was, he was in the arts. He was in, uh, he was in theater or something. He taught like yeah. at, a, at a school of some kind, a, a college or something, maybe a professor, some sort of like a drama professor. And he had his skull. He donated his skull to the theater department to be used as Yorick's skull in Hamlet. So when they perform Hamlet, they're performing it with his skull. Oh man! I mean, that's what a what a way to go, huh? Good last <laughs> request. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like that's 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 gnarly. I mean, in, in this day and age, <laughs> you can get your ashes pressed into a vinyl, right? That's the cool. Ultimate, I saw that. Yeah. The ultimate collector's item. Yeah. You know. It's like when it when that dark day comes when when evil Uncle Glenn shuffles loose his mortar coil and <laughs> he presses up one batch of 138 and, copies. Yeah. Oh my god. Could you imagine? Throw me that? in an initium. <laughs> Just dump me, oh my dump god. me in an uh, initium. Oh my god. Yeah, that is that's a great record. Great, great record. <laughs> Truly. I mean, speaking, going back to um, Archangel for a minute, it is really crazy when you listen to it and you close your eyes. You can hear Dave Vanian. You could hear that it was written for Dave Vanian. Oh, yeah. It, just, it sounds totally. like a damn song. Yeah. You know? I would love to hear him recut it, you know, and put it out now, re-released. Would love that. Yeah. I I would love all of the Sam Hain vinyl to be re-released, but... Me too. I heard this rumor that he's like, the, like you, I mean, you can still buy them in stores, but they're bootlegs, right? But I heard a rumor that like, hey, those bootlegs might be coming from somebody. No. It, it, it's a mystery. It. It's a mystery. <laughs> wherever, however, however, and wherever those things come from, it's a mystery. I know. Who knows? Who knows? Crazy, crazy, crazy things have happened. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. My initium is real. I have a real initium. Cool. I don't collect at all. I don't. But I fell into a, an initium. I was like, I'm never going to sell this. Me too. I found those records at an early age. One, I had a, a roommate that passed away. This older dude that was mm. living in my house. And he had a trunk full of records and one was in there. Oh, my God. Along with the, how the gods kill like original dressing. and i was like well i'm gonna take these i did so um and then i found november coming fire for 40 dollars in like 2008 at a record fair in new york city which is a good deal uh, and it's the first pressing because the, that's the, a steal skips. yeah it skips yeah. that's that's not a good yeah. deal that's a steal yeah man that's and a uh it was a little bent up, but over time, it just being in my my record collection, it flattened yeah. out and looks it looks great. I mean, forty bucks that record goes for. I mean, I think that record's over a thousand dollars now. It's got really, be. yeah, 
Initium, Initium. I remember uh, the person I was with at the time was giving me shit because I spent forty dollars on a record. I was like, you don't understand. You know, I you know <laughs> I did a live stream recently talking about that new Who Killed Marilyn. Like, here's the thing: like, if it was anybody else, I would say this is a fucking ripoff. But what? Listen, whether you're willing to pay one hundred twenty dollars for a signed picture disc that has two songs on it that have uh-huh. been remixed or not. One thing can be certain. It is going to increase in value. Danzig yeah, records. It's an investment. Actually solid investment. You're not just in, you're not just buying a piece of music. You are investing in a collector's piece that will, that, that can be sold on a secondary market for, for, for good money. Yeah, you're right. It really is. So, like, especially right now, that stuff is so expensive. It's crazy. I bought Death Red when it came out on they only pressed up a thousand on red and oh yeah and I bought it for twenty bucks and you know I was told recently I mean that record goes for like hundred fifty dollars now. Oh really that one that's crazy yeah, dude like I mean it's yeah. just so it's like even you know even with uh Jerry you know doing all his his misfit stuff and uh-huh. you know whether you like the music or not. They look really cool. And again, they appreciate all that stuff appreciates on the market. It really does. So you can't, but my, but my bottom line, you can't go wrong with buying that shit. You just know. Yeah. I knew it back then. I mean, I didn't really care because I wasn't trying to, I wasn't buying it to resell it. I just wanted to have it. So of course, of course, I was like, well, I saw it in real life and I only had it on CD. I bought it from like the mall on CD. And just to have it on a record was so cool. Sure. I, man, I feel the same way. And, you know, like I said, when I, when I was in Europe, we were in Germany and I found Danzig first pressing first record on, uh, it was the European first pressing Uh, 22 euros uh snatch that. I was like, I have to have this on the vinyl is paper thin. It's like, Oh yeah. Oh my God, it was pressed on the thinnest vinyl. Like I'm terrified it's gonna like snap. It's just so like frail. Um but yeah, I gotta be careful with that one. I don't really listen to mine anymore. You know, oh really? really? Yeah, I don't I just keep them in, I put put them in frames because I got them signed. I recently yeah. met John Christ and I got him to sign all my Danzig vinyl. Ah, isn't he the best? Yeah, he rules. He's, he's so down cool. in he's he's down by you. He's he's local uh, somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, we, he, we, I have yet to, I have to, I have to get these. Actually, I have to do it now because it's about to be September. I got to get this sorted. I've been so busy. Um, we, you know, John Christ came back on the show, uh, with Ace and I asked him, I said, can you play me the original arrangement of mother? And he did really. Yeah. You have it damn no he didn't play me a recording he played oh it, he played it on guitar he played it for me on guitar oh that's even cooler that was even cooler so <laughs> i got to hear what and it's funny because i asked eerie about it eerie doesn't remember uh-huh. no one's gonna find chuck and glenn most certainly is not gonna tell you so yeah. john christ was the saving grace and like, I was like, dude, can you do this? And he's like, he just started doing it. 
<laughs> I was wow. dude, I lo- lost my mind. And it's like I can't even describe it to you. It's just it's so fucking fast, dude. It's cool. fast and aggressive. And um, what would it, what would you compare it to? Like uh like an Earth AD song or no or something? I compare it, I would compare it to okay. So when I listen to that, yeah, my, like in my imagination, that's that is absolutely like the Sam Hain grim version of Mother. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, yeah, like it's kind of like you know the way that Twister King chugs, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Danzig version is like, like it's so. It's like the Final Descent version of of Mother, is what you're saying. Yeah, kind of the Final Descent version of Mother. It's 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 it chugs, man. I know it doesn't chug. I mean, it just it it's 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 cool. It's really freaking cool, and that awesome. That will be available soon, sooner than later. I just gotta finish this other project. I'm knee deep in uh, post production mixing uh, of sound. I know you know probably about sound mixing from the music side of things. Yeah, and... yeah. Oh, I hate this shit, dude. I, like, I love it, doing it, it for like a a two hour long film. Oh, I, like I love it. Don't get me wrong, I love it. Yeah. I do it. I do it out of necessity. I'm not a pro. I do it. I know how to do it. I'm not saying I'm not good at doing it. I do it because mm-hmm. it needs to get done. And I'm like, right yeah. now I'm going phrase by phrase and trying to make like the sound is kind of busted. And I'm trying to just make everything as loud as possible in the mix, like for the dialogue clarity wise. And uh, I just, it, it's a slog. It is such a slog. And, but it's, it, you know, it's that work. You have to do it. If you don't do it, you're going to regret it. So, yeah. And especially, I mean, you have to think about it. You've worked so hard to get to that point with the rest of it. You can't slack on the, the audio. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, I, which actually, you know, let's segue this as we, as we, as we wrap things up here. Um, you know, I'm about to launch, I'm going to probably do a big thing. I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm launching, I'm launching, uh, you know, I've been a filmmaker. I was a filmmaker before I was a YouTuber and I'm, I'm about to release my second film and I'm putting it out on Blu-ray. I'm doing I'm doing the Plan Nine thing. That's literally what I've decided to do. Both That's movies. awesome. Cool. That's what I've decided. Straight yeah. up, I have an LLC already. So I from us is a YouTube channel. Guess what? Yeah. Now it's a fucking Blu-ray. It's a Blu-ray. It's a it's a label. It's an imprint. And oh, badass. Yeah. So cool. I have I have three movies that are going to come out, whether anybody wants them or not. It is. That is how I'm doing distribution. I'm not going there. You, you can't make money in distribution in this day and age. The only way to do it is to do it yourself. And so yeah. that's why I'm, you know, I'm in the process. I invested in gear, you know, I had to buy a separate PC just to be able to author a Blu-ray disc. And now I can do that again. It's like this weird lost technology because you can't, yeah. you can't author Blu-rays for Mac on Mac anymore. It's impossible. You have to have a PC. Um, yeah, my MacBook the, doesn't even have a disk drive in it. I can't even put a right. CD in it if I want. You know, you got to buy something ex- external. Yeah. So uh, the reason why I bring that up, though, is like you know, it's essentially like the indie horror film scene that I suppose I'm a part of, and that is you know that's how I know Bob Rose for sure, and like you cool. know all those people okay. like, um, like this is where we're at now. Like the our best our best avenue is to go the self-distribution route. 
Um, what has been your experience in like, where do you guys like from the music side of things, like, what are your views on all this stuff right now? Like we're in an age where technology has never been better to be your own like entity, your own label. Like, what is your attitude on that? Like, how do you feel about all that stuff? Well, um, I've had a lot of people that are that I've seen trying to get onto major record labels, and it just hasn't really worked out in their favor because they owe them money and they owe them records, and then if that doesn't happen, they end up keeping their stuff, and in the long run, they're not getting paid for it or whatever. So I think it's important for me, at least with my stuff, is to keep all the rights to all my music. And hell yeah. The, the deals that we do get, it's like a, um, you can press our record on vinyl and we get this percentage of them. So we have records to sell. And then when they're gone, we can figure it out from there. You know what I mean? If we want to do a second pressing or what. Those are the best deals. They yeah. really are so great because they're yeah. so clean cut. You press it up. You give us some. We sell. Yeah, and then we tour, and we constantly have stuff to sell on tour after every show, and we can use that money that we make from touring to record again, and then we can keep next time we hit the road and meet more people uh, who want you know to buy merch after the show. They'll get the earlier records too, and it just it's worked out for us really well doing it that way. That's and the best way to our, support a band on yeah, and stuff on the road. Yeah, absolutely. And our record label is great. And he, he, we have good distribution. He gets it out to record stores too. So he's not just selling them off of his big cartel site on his computer. Right. Which is, you know, we can easily do ourselves. Right. He also has a distributor, buys ads and, and magazines and zines and stuff and, and helps advertise for us. So he's so like actually bigger. labeling on the yeah. label. Yeah, exactly. He's doing what a label should. You know? Right. So he rules. That's uh, the label's called Spaghetti Town Records, and they're out of Atlanta, Georgia, and they've been great. They release lots of cool underground rock and roll stuff. Um, that's awesome, man. I mean, that's really, really, that's really, really fantastic. Holy shit. Um, wow. So I just realized I did not plug in my computer. Whoa, I'm on like such low battery. So I went to go plug in my computer and you know what happened? Because I have another port in use. Uh -huh. I can't actually charge my computer, but the other port that's in use is, is connecting the microphone. <laughs> so I can't un even unplug it, but it's okay. Cause we're at the tail end of this thing. Anyway, we're, oh, we're, man. we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Okay. If yeah, this had happened an minutes. hour ago, if this had happened an hour ago, we would have been, to be continued. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're we're okay though. Uh, but no, that's interesting to hear, like, um, to hear your perspective on on that sort of stuff. And yeah, I think those are I it's like it's weird that like in this day and age, it's I think it's far it is, it's far more valuable to own your shit and you know, um put it either, you know, be in control and put out yourself. Like, what's the point of if you sign everything away and then, you know, you could say that you're on a big label, but you're not making any money. What the fuck is the point? 
I guess it's just having that notoriety of being on that label of having, you know, Cleopatra records on the corner of your record to, you know, get you on a fest or something. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Exactly. It's uh, yeah. I mean, listen, there's definitely something to be better said. press. Like, it, you, you do, you do, it does give you a sense of legitimacy, but essentially what you're getting, I feel like what you're getting in this day and age, I can't say it's the same, but I know it's not the same for, for, for movies. But what used to happen was you would sign something called a minimum guarantee, which is the equivalent yeah. of a record advance, right? You get X amount of dollars up front. And then once the, once the, the marketing cap has been recouped, you know, uh, they, uh, you start to receive royalties, but none of the, and I'm going to do a whole episode on this. Like I'm, I have to, a lot to say about the shit. Um, but basically the, the, basically they just never pay you. They just don't pay you. And the thing that what's so fucked up is they know you're never going to sue them because they know that you don't have the money to do so. To take them to court. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And they also know that you're not going to be able to afford an audit and that the money that you're, that they're into you for is, is not enough for the amount of money that would need to be spent to even prove that they would need to pay it back in the first place. So these guys, they can literally operate with impunity and it's just so fucking frustrating to watch. Yeah. I know bands that have had to break up because of this, because really, and their whole catalogs taking off, you know, Spotify and all that stuff. And because they own those records and all their music videos that they put a lot of hard work into making just yeah. wiped off YouTube because it was on, because it was on the channel of the label. Yeah. Because the, for some reason the deal wasn't working out with the label. So the band tried to back out and they were like, Nope, you can't do that. You have to, we, we have to go to court if you want to do that. And oh my God. you can't afford the court fees and we're not going to, you know, so. I mean, it's just like, that's why it's like, again, like in this day and age, it's like, they're like, like contracts, like it's just all that stuff. It's just so crazy. It's like, it's, if you're going to want, if you want to be, if you want to be an artist, own your shit and then try your best to sell it and make money. Yeah. From it, and that's it. Yeah. And there's other ways than you know to get your band out there besides being on a label with sure. a logo. I mean, yeah. touring is like yeah, uber important, right? I th- I think the biggest thing for us was getting uh, a booking agent because for the longest time I would book all of our own tours through Facebook and just oh word my of God. mouth. And uh, we did like a couple full U.S. tours that I just booked completely through Facebook. And then when our last record came out, we got offered to go on tour with uh, another artist and we picked up their booking agent who, so that was the first tour that we didn't have to book ourselves. How did that feel? Oh, it was awesome. It was great not having to be the bad guy, not having to ask for the money and do, you know what I mean? I just, all I needed to do was focus on playing and making sure we had a a van to drive in that was, it wasn't going to blow up and uh <laughs> enough merchandise to keep us you know on the road that long and it worked great so do you um the merch that you do do you do anything like is there anything um do you get it everything manufactures is there anything that you do like by hand are you into like silk screening or i i, I, I love that stuff 
Yeah, yeah, I love silk screening and stuff, but for the most part, I have a friend who has a huge printing studio, and he's so cool. good at it, and he makes everything look perfect, and he does it fast, and I'd rather pay him than have it, sure. have to do it myself. Sure. So I'd rather support my friends and other underground businesses that are trying to do it rather than waste my time doing it in my garage. Uh, I, I have enough stuff to worry about, you know? Uh, you know, it's funny too, because I just did the captioning. I was going to sit there and try and do all the captions on my movie and yeah. captioning is like, oh, yeah, it's mind numb. It's mind numbing shit. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to pay the money to get this shit captioned. Cause I just, who has the fucking time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I right? just don't have the time. I got so, there's so yeah, many other cool. spinning plates. I'm just not, I, I'm going to just pay the money to not deal with this. Like it's okay to not be DIY on everything. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For the most part, you're doing the DIY stuff. It's just extra stuff that you need help with and make it, you know, right. Roll out right. a lot easier. In fact, it makes you more DIY because it allows you to focus your energy where it needs to be instead of exactly yeah. everything else. Right. Like that's the smart, yeah. mature. DIY I don't have to thing. worry about booking a fest now or booking a tour. I can work on a new record. Do you, um, what is your favorite part about like the festival experience versus just, you know, what do you like about playing festivals? Uh, there's always a big crowd. If it's a good festival, I like that. I like the, um, they got good food backstage. Yeah. The catering. (laughs) You know? Yeah. We played a couple of fests. We did punk rock bowling and it was awesome. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, man, that was really cool. It was a oh, great so crowd. Just the, uh, doesn't Fat Mike own that? No effects. Do they own punk rock bully? Or am I thinking of something else? I think the two uh, brothers from the band Youth Brigade. From uh, You ever oh, see Another State of Mind? The Stern, but, the Stern brothers. Yeah, the Stern brothers. Yeah. yeah, I think they were the ones that were uh, involved with that. I'm oh. not sure if they still are, but yeah. Yeah, oh, I love that movie so much. Another State of Mind. Yeah, yeah me too. Super cool. Just great great again like a movie uh, i mean that movie covers so many different things it's like you know what that movie is that movie is like have you ever seen american movie yes it's like american movie but for punk rock musicians yeah it is right yeah it's it's so awesome how well documented that whole tour is like a lot of a lot of time when you're on tour the last thing you want to do is film stuff because you're too busy you're too exhausted from um you know the night before and you just want to sleep in the van or whatever but those guys had that camera rolling at all times you know i've been there too i I did that across europe for a band and it was a nice harrowing experience um yeah but um yeah dude it's it's just like the 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 tenacity of like let's hollow out a school bus and go across the country yeah crazy adventure you know yeah (laughs) Um, in fact, I think that's when Mike Ness threw up in, you know, uh, Jerry Montano from Danzig told a story yeah. that he told a story about something that Doyle told him that that Mike Ness threw up in his bed. Uh, and I think that happened on another state of mind tour. That's what I think that happened. I don't know for a fact. That's what I suspect. Um, I believe it. Jody Ramon is asking Alex. He says, "Alex, what's your favorite song from each Misfits, Samhain, and Danzig?" Oh, geez, that's cool. <laughs> uh, hmm. 
Misfits would probably be what's a good one that that's uh, Astro Zombies. Uh, uh, theme for a Jackal. Ooh. And uh, wait, how many do I get for each? Three or just one? He said, "What's your favorite song from each?" But how about you do three? If you want to do three, you can. Oh, do three. that's yeah, that's okay. And um, Halloween, I would say. All great, all yeah. great, all documented, all true. Um, yeah. What about Sam Hain? Sam Hain would probably be uh, "Let the Day Begin." Um, what's all murder, all guts, all fun, and uh, and I am misery. Gotta say, Ooh, I am misery. That that song is the dark, the evilest song. It's very evil. Ever. And misery so cool. doom, which takes the the backing <laughs> vocals. It sounds like yeah, yeah. Is constipated on the toilet. I want to cover misery tomb. You should. Yeah, I'm between songs. <laughs> like trying to pinch off a loaf in the fucking toilet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what about Danzig? Uh, hmm. oh man, that's the hardest one, probably. Ooh, I would say "Tired of Being Alive." Oh, fucking love that song. Yeah. Um, oh man, this is very difficult. I would say "Tired of Being Alive" off Danzig One, uh, "Soul on Fire." Ah, the Samhain uh, of my soul. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that one rules. And uh, what's a good one off "How God's Kill"? Um, bodies. Bodies. Yeah, that rules. Sistinas. That, that Sistinas is mine. Sistinas. Yeah, I changed it to Sistinas. Oh, I like no. What well, I like the live version of Sistina's off of Thrall. Also good. Also good. That, it's faster. It's cool. Yeah, it sounds like Elvis. It's awesome. Erie oh, Vaughn oh. said that Danzig was just trying to write a formulaic, like you know, Roy, Roy Orbison. Orbison song. But yeah. I, I don't buy that. I think that was like a deeply personal Danzig song, and I really fucking love it. I, I absolutely yeah. love it. I think it's great. And that, yeah, those live songs on Thrall are so cool because you really great, like roaring in the background. Um, Yeah, there you have it. Ed Willie is asking, do you guys like heavy metal songs or you just like punk rock songs? I mean, I will say that I like just all I know sounds like a bullshit cliche thing and I'm at 12 percent battery. Just letting everybody know. Um, I, I like all music, man. I just like music. I like good sound and shit. So, yeah. Please. you know i i'll listen to like fucking david bowie modern modern uh love is a great fucking song and it doesn't sound like punk rock or heavy metal i just i just like a song that sounds good to my ear and that's that's that yeah i like lots of what you would classify metal bands and songs i love that stuff but if it there's a lot of sucky there's a lot of shitty metal too you know so, indeed, indeed. It's, um, it's very, very cookie cutter in a lot of ways, but there's bands like Danzig that make it original and cool. Yeah. Um, we have to ask our trivia question. Okay. And, and that's Alex is going to answer it. I'm going to play the video one more time for anybody. Here are the rules. Instead of me explaining them. Well, I am explaining them. 
Hold on. Uh, I'm going to be doing a live show every single day. I'm going to be giving away a t-shirt. At the end of every episode, I will ask my trivia question. You will send your answer to fromismail at gmail.com. And the first person to answer correctly will be the winner. You give me your name, your address, and your t-shirt size. If you are outside of the continental United States, you will have to cover shipping and handling. Join us night after night where I will be doing t-shirt giveaways. Who doesn't like a free t-shirt? I'm not going to go easy on any of you. I'm going to ask really hard questions. So be prepared. All right. The time has come for the trivia question. Alex, fire away. Okay, which member of Sam Hain is from my hometown of Baltimore, Maryland? All right, there you go. That's the question. Send the email to fromismail at gmail.com. I'd very much like to thank Alex so much for coming on here and hanging out with us. Cool dude. Got a great band. Absolutely. Thank you. Check out his I put his links. I put all his links yeah. in the description. Check out his music. Check out his stuff. Um, and uh, hopefully our paths cross in some way, shape, or form in the future. Um, See you at that Bad Nerves show. Yeah, for that's for sure. I would definitely yeah. be going to Bad Nerves. Hang on one second, Alex. Peace, hair grease. We'll see you next time.